for listening to the first episode of Out of Place. Oh, I'm so happy to get started. Today's touchy topic is dating. And today's fun topic is about love stories. I'm going to talk about my love story. And we're going to listen to other love stories. We're going to laugh and we're going to cry. So here we go. First off, happy Valentine's Day. Never really liked this day. I love it and I hate it. I love it because it's all about celebrating love. And it can be magical. But what I really, really hate about it is that it becomes a routine for many, many husbands out there. All you have to do is stand in the supermarket or Hallmark or any flower shop and just stand there and you just see lines and lines and lines of these husbands and boyfriends. And they're just there to just buy flowers and they never buy flowers. They never buy cards any other time of the year. But today, Valentine's Day, yep, you have to. That's it. It doesn't seem genuine. It doesn't. Now, all these places, they love it because they're going to make a lot of money. But come on. You have to make, as a husband, and even as a wife, the husband doesn't have to be the only one to get stuff, flowers, or, I mean, well, you could get a, you could get your husband something else. Just to say I love you, a card, or, uh, some type of appreciation, it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day, or Christmas, or a birthday, or anniversaries. It doesn't. That's the part of Valentine's that I don't like. But we're going to be talking about love. Specifically, we're going to be talking about dating. You're probably thinking, especially those who know me really well, probably thinking about why. What qualifies me to talk about dating? Some of you probably, Stephen, you haven't dated since 2005. You've been married since 2008. What the hell do you know? What the f- do you know? You are right. I don't know sh- on how it is to date in 2020. I don't. I don't know what it's like to be alone and have no connection. What it's like to have meaningless sex. I don't know. What I do know is that most of my single friends and family, they're constant complain about wanting to have someone just love them. Someone to have a deep personal connection. Because as much as it is fun to be free and explore the world without being tied down, I see their, you know, their posts, their social media posts. And they are exploring cities and countries and they admit to me how they explore different sexual desires and it's crazy and it sounds like fun. I didn't explore anything like that as a single person. I mean, I met my high school sweetheart and you're going to hear more. I'm going to go more into detail uh, later on, but I met my high school sweetheart in 2004 in my junior year of high school and I graduated 2004. We broke up in 2004. I dated till the beginning of 2005 was single from, I would say, January of 2005 to August 2005. That was my single life. That's it. So sometimes I look at this and I'm like, damn, I I never experienced that. I never experienced what it is like to live by myself, to have a bachelor pad. I never experienced that. I see these beautiful photos of the amazing life that they have. But the real truth is that behind the scenes, they always admit of how lonely they are. For some reason, it catches me by surprise. I'm like, well, it doesn't look like it. But they always admit that they wish they had a deeper connection. They wish they could just find someone who understands. Stands. And then those that do know my marriage, they do know how it is in our house. A couple of them have read my marriage book, which, by the way, my second edition to my marriage book, you could pre-order it soon and it'll be available on May 10th. But they've read the book, the first edition, which has a lot of curse words. And that's why I'm changing it up. I went a little bit harsh on my uh, family members there. But anyways, they know that I just cut bullshit out and it goes a lot deeper than that. And that's just an oversimplification on it. But they know I don't bullshit. They know that my wife and I don't bullshit each other. They always, we want what you have. We want that. I want to find that. I want to find a husband that's like you. Or if I have a guy friend, it's like, I want to find a a wife that's like yours. I want your marriage. I'm friends with a lot of older people. And these are older people that, you know, they'll look at me and they'll be like, damn, I'm on my third marriage or I, you know, I'm having problems or they are single and they were divorced or whatever the story is. They just look at me, somebody that's younger than them. And they're like, what is your secret? And I tell them it's just I'm a divorced child who saw two different households two different marriages, saw the do's and the don'ts and my personal experience, tying it with logic and having a relationship with God. 
pretty much it. It's all logic. It's all just common sense. A lot of it is common sense, and I'm not going to get really, really into it because there's so much to cover. But I will get into the dating portion of it and what I think to me, even though I don't date right now, and I'm not looking to date, obviously, but I think I know what the hell is going on. I could see the problem. And everybody wants to blame somebody. Who do you blame? Do you blame the men? Is it the women? Nobody f- knows. Because you have women that say men are lazy and stupid. Men are bad. I've seen women chanting. You know, I, saw, I forgot where I saw it, but I saw the video of women chanting to embrace their STDs. That it's okay to f- around. Embrace it. If you think that way, you're scaring all the men away. Because I don't know a guy who's right in their mind, a sober guy or girl. Who would be like, oh, you know what? You have STDs? Nah, let's do it. Nope. You watch Hollywood, the way they depict men. I watched the other day, uh, What Men Want, which I was excited for because I do love that movie, What Women Want. I, I love the film. I feel like I'm one of the few people that do like the film, and I like the film, so I was excited to see the other, other side. And they just, the way they depict men is just, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I get the joke. Just like uh, watching that uh, all-female Ghostbusters. I was super stoked to see that because I love all of them from most of them from SNL. And I like Miss Melissa McCarthy doing her crazy. Sh- but the way like um, was uh, Chris Hemsworth, right? Yeah. Uh, the way he was depicted, it's just a dumb f- idiot. The way, and I was like, OK, yep, I get the joke. And then you look at idiots like Elizabeth Banks, who blames men for her failing dumb f- movie and women i mean it's always been a problem you always hear yeah i don't understand women i don't understand women but now it feels even more complicated I mean, maybe it's just me but i feel like men today don't have a f- clue because they don't even want to try they don't even want to try to understand so it's just it's like yeah f- it. you know what it's like women right now and a lot of the millennials the young millennials who love their 90s movies like i do take the goofy movie okay women are like maxine from the goofy movie in the beginning she clearly tells max that she is going to take someone else to the party because he had to spend time with his father. No one else. He's not going on another date. He's not going anywhere else. He's just, hey, I got to do with my dad. I'm sorry. We can do, you know, do something else. We could, no, I'm just going to take somebody else. What? And then he had to lie later on after the whole movie's done. And she's like, why do you have to lie? Well, because I didn't want to lose you. You were going to go with someone else. No. I've always liked you, Max. She just made it seem like, no, you didn't have to worry about it. Yes, you did. You f***ing do it. You're playing games. He didn't have to lie. It's bullshit. That's women. And let's talk about men. Because they always say men are stupid. Men give them reason to say that. There's a reason why they pay men as stupid f***ing idiots. And one of the reasons is because men don't respect women. They don't treat them with respect. Now. Yes, today it's easy to cheat, meaning it's easy to get some, but it doesn't mean to throw all the romance out. It doesn't mean to throw the shivery out of there. Like I open the door for my wife every chance I get. Sometimes she beats me to it because we're putting in the kids into the car seat and she beats me to it. But I try my best to just go around, wait, I open, close the door, wherever I am, I do it. And I don't see it. I don't see any women getting respected anymore and it has to do with these dating apps and social media and like i said we're gonna get into it with men it's like when you don't respect women even though you're getting you're gonna get some everybody's horny you're gonna get some i've heard stories it's like yeah it's just mcdonald's drive through and some and that's it thanks to dinder that's crazy now women allow that to happen but just because they allow it to happen doesn't mean that you could just stop being romantic to stop respecting women men are idiots it's everyone's fault for why people feel alone everybody's but it's both sides fault for people being alone both the dumb lazy disrespectful men and the insane lying greedy women yeah i said it i don't give a i pissed you off Turn it off. Change the podcast. Change the YouTube. I don't give a Turn it off. I don't care. So what made me want to talk about dating? It all started when we were in Concord, California, which is in north part of the Bay Area. And we were there in Sam's Club and we needed something to eat during lunch. And we happened to come across this restaurant called Lazy Dogs. I didn't know what the 
It was, but it looked nice from the outside. And so I'm like, you know what? I like the name. It looks cool. Let's go in there. I saw the menu on Yelp and I saw some pictures of dogs. So I figured that this is the place that people could take dogs to. I said, Fuck it, let's go. So as we were waiting to sit down, there was a couple that came in behind me and they were a little bit decked out. Um, they were dressed nice. They were holding hands with one hand and on the phone with the other. And it was obvious that they were on a date. And I was like, I looked at them and I look at my wife. I'm like, oh, we always like juggle around young love. So I'm looking at them and they're on their phones and I'm like, okay, they're not talking to each other. At least they're holding hands. So I wait. It's just the two of them. So they were able to sit down first and there's five of us, me and my wife and my three kids. So we had to wait a little bit. And where they sat us, they we sat right next to them, but I was in a seat that was able to see. They were like right in front of me past my son and I was able to see them. So I like to people watch. I was looking at them. And what I realized is that they didn't talk to each other. They may have said a couple of things, but they were just staring at their phones the whole time, staring at their phones. There was no smiles. There was no talking, nothing. And then the food came. I think they had like some type of appetizer or some shit like that. And all of a sudden they were taking pictures. Now they're posing with each other. Now they're smiling because they're putting their, their you know, they're setting up their highlight reel on social media. I'm like, look at this. And then they talked for a little bit, but they still had the phones in their hands. Then their entrees came. They're eating with one hand and with the phone in the other, still not talking to each other. Now, it's none of my business, but for some reason, I got really bothered by it. There's no conversation. Maybe their things don't work out. Maybe they're going to get, uh, you know, they're going to break up. I don't know their story, but just from what it looked like, it's like they're disconnected from each other. And then a couple weeks later, I'm at Disney and I'm waiting in line to see uh to ride the radiator springs racer over here in the california adventure park and i see another couple now i get that you're in line bored so it's easy to pull the phone out and i'm looking at this couple and this guy who's with his girlfriend he's trying to have a conversation with her and the whole time she's having a, he's trying to have a conversation conversation with her she was just like not really there not really paying attention she's just texting away you know how certain rides, they go back and forth and you see the same people and you're like, you're passing each other. I really wanted to see what's so important on her phone. And she's on Instagram. That's it. Not caring, not listening to her boyfriend talk. I mean, he didn't have his phone now. He was probably like me, just enjoying being there. And she did not want to be there. And then a couple of weeks later, I go to the movies a lot by myself because I have three little ones. They can ruin the movie with, I gotta go pee. And... <laughs> I hate to miss a movie. Can't press pause on the damn thing. So I go to the movies a lot by myself. Some daddy time. And I like to get there early because some theaters don't do the reserved seating. So I like to get there early and have a nice seat and just wait. And I remember seeing this couple right in front of me. And maybe it's because I'm old school, but I like to sit down and, you know, you look at the sh- that's on screen or you're talking about what the movie's coming up. You're talking about other stuff. And then I look around and I see couples and friends and family members and everybody's on their phone. Nobody's talking. It used to be like, hey, there was a little bit of noise before the movie started. And you could really feel it, especially if you're like me that go to the first showing and they forget to put on the, I don't know if it's automatic or anything, but they forget to put on the sound. So there's something, some shit is playing on the screen and I'm sitting there, quite a few people there and nobody's saying a damn thing. Everybody has stuck like this. Nothing. All you see is the light shined on people's faces from their phone. And I'm looking around, eating my popcorn. Nobody knows how to have a conversation anymore. The, the couple down there that I see, no, it's all quiet. There's no connection. There's no talking. Now, there are many cases, many, I mean, other restaurants, other moments, driving, whatever it is. There's many examples of this. And that's what made me want to start talking about this dating. That's what made me realize that it's just people just lost the connection. People don't know how to start a love story. People don't know that. People don't know what it is. And I think that's why people are having a problem with dating in 2020. I think that's what it is. So let's start with one of the big ones, and it's social media. And social media is a killer of love. I mean, I use it all the time. I use it for my writing. As an author, I use it to get sales, to share what I'm doing, um, even with this podcast, to get people to listen to it. I also use it for my family, and I also use it for personal reasons. Like, you go on my Instagram, and you can see me sharing my family sh- so that my mom 
And my sister and a couple of other family members can actually see them because we are a military family and we live far away. So they we don't see each other in person all the time. This is one way to connect with them. But I know when to use it and when not to use it. And the problem that everybody's having now is that they don't know when to stop. I mean, we have amazing technology today. It's amazing. Like, I love the airdrop. It's amazing of what you could do today. People, they don't know how to control themselves around this awesome technology. So, besides the addiction to it, there is deeper reasons how it affects love. And I'm going to cover just a few of them. So let's do with the first one. I've seen many people do this, that they expect their spouses or their their partners, their lovers, whatever they, you want to call it, to post wonderful things about them. Because if they don't, it doesn't matter that if they did it upset or wrote it in person, nothing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters to some of these people, if they posted it or not. How stupid is that? You know how my wife knows that she is wonderful, beautiful, and amazing? I f- tell her look into her eyes her beautiful blue eyes and i tell her saying i love you with filters and cool little hearts floating it may be cute you'll get a lot of likes for it but it does not have the same effect as saying it in person no matter how much the people like it doesn't matter people want to hear it people want to be looked at in their eyes to be focused on them and they want to feel and know that they are loved and appreciated. Another social media problem is how the intimate moments are being shared with their entire world. Nothing is kept private anymore. I've seen people share pictures like after they f- and they're in bed and they're cuddled. Come on, that sh- needs to be kept private. To the one who does this, sh- to the one who believes that it only matters if you're officially a couple on Facebook or any social media, you need to wake the fuck up and grow the fuck up. You don't have to disclose every date night and every update in your personal relationship. I'm going to let you know the secret and you're going to be pissed off. I promise you, you're going to be pissed off. Are you ready for it? No one cares. You know those hundreds, 50, 300, you know all those likes that you get? All those people. Just like mine. I I mean me. I'm one of those people. I like it. But they all are selfishly, just like you, worrying about their own pathetic lives than to care anything about yours. They don't care exactly where you're at. They like the picture. It looked cute. That food that you took a picture of, I do the same. No one cares. Once you get through that in your head, it'll be easy. You'll post it, not care and not be obsessed with what they say. All you have to do is like it and move on. That's what most of them do. They like it and then move, move on. Because the next day, I can guarantee you that nobody will remember it. Because nobody cared. Nobody cares. You know who cares? Your mom, your dad, your guardian, whoever raised you, your grandma. You know, the people that are like, you know, that loves that sh- they're the only ones that really, really care. These are the people, you know, the people that say, hey, I saw you on social media and I saw the, oh, your kids are so cute. Those are the people who f- care. But the majority of the people, the people that are your age, most of them, they don't care. You don't have to be obsessed on who sees it or how many likes it gets. Because like I said, nobody gives a f- what you think. Nobody gives a f- what I think. Nobody cares. Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, any other f- social media doesn't mean sh- it's not important. What's important is what's in front of you right now. The person that you're trying to connect with. Look up. Just look up and you'll realize that they are the important ones. Another problem with social media is that nobody's really courageous anymore. Nobody. And what I mean by that is asking the person out. I remember how it was hard and scary to ask somebody out. It was. You had to work up that courage. You had to plan things right. You had to talk to somebody or set it up and come up with a scheme. Just get yourself in a position to do it, to work it. You're sweating nuts. You're you're there to, to look at the person and say, hey, I like you. Do you like me? Or I think we should go out. Do you want to go out to eat, to go somewhere? That moment, that sincere, genuine moment, it doesn't exist anymore. What made that magical is that for you to have to build up that courage, you had to actually have feelings for someone. Not just a picture, not just because, hey, 
That ass look good. Oh, his six pack looks amazing. No, you actually had to have feelings for someone. That's why people fell in love back then with people that you work with, people that you went to school with, people that were in the same routine as you. Maybe it's a gym. Maybe it's your coffee stop. You get to know somebody over a period of time and work up the courage to ask them out. That doesn't exist. Social media eliminated the fear of rejection. It's easy to just text it. And it sounds nice to have no rejections or barely any rejection, especially if you're one that has to live in safe spaces. It feels nice to never really have to worry about rejection. But you're going to miss that thing that the start of something in that could be incredible, even if it's bad. Even my bad relationship, even the relationships that never got serious. I remember those very well. I remember the feeling being scared to ask to do anything. There's no original love story, which leads me to the next big problem with social media is that there is no original love story. There's none. You know, when you watch those amazing romantic movies, they have incredible love stories of how they met. You look at the notebook. There's one of my favorite love stories. They have an incredible how they met story. And there's books and most of them all come from back then. It's hard to have a new love story today. That's why romantic movies, they haven't been a romantic, a really good romantic movie in a while. They have good marriage movies like the marriage story. They showcase the problems that people have in relationships. It just lost. There's not a spark anymore. There's not something that makes you want to get out of your seat to see, to hear, because you have met. Or heard from older couples of their amazing love stories. And that's all gone now. There's nothing special. You know what it is like today? Hey, how'd you meet? She DM'd me. Or I tagged her in a photo. She liked it. That does not sound romantic. And this leads to the next major problem other than social media. is the dating apps. Tinder and a whole bunch of other... All these other dating apps that are out there. Besides... Increasing your chance of STD, hackers controlling your profile, people not always looking like their pictures, you know, getting catfished, destroying monogamy, embracing cheating and having a huge dent to your self-confidence. There are so many other reasons how this dating, these dating apps affect love, affect dating. Well, first, you can attract the wrong kind of people, people that can bring the very worst out of you. They have so much negativity in their soul and they can lead to an unhappy relationship. I remember hearing some, I don't know where I heard it. I think I heard it in either another podcast or I read an article about it. I forgot where I heard it, but I remember this guy was saying how he on these dating apps was being the nice guy. And he was explaining how he was the nice guy, did everything that you're supposed to do. He was really honest about himself of what he wanted, didn't hear nothing. And then he got frustrated and he was very verbal about it. And that same week, became popular i hit ding 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 emails notifications of just people say hey i like the bad guy i like the jerk and that's the problem because you're attracting these crazy people who like that who say you know what i want another complainer you complain like me let's complain together no why would you want to attract that person why would you want somebody like that and of course he'll admit probably I don't know. Don't remember the rest of the story, but I'm sure because he's horny, he must have got all the popular all of a sudden. He's going to put his pee-pee on the crazy thing. So how do you fix it? And I know that there is a lot more problems. It's more complicated. And there's a lot more reasons why the dating apps are bad. There's a lot. And I'm not going to get into it. Not right now. I don't feel like it. I'm too frustrated right now to even keep talking about it. So I want to just get into how do you fix it? Is there a way to feel better? Is there a way to experience what many people are fortunate to experience? Like myself. Is there a way to have a better dating experience? You first have to really just take away Hollywood movies that depict relationships as dysfunctional. Just look at it and watch it as something entertainment. That's it. And you move on. Don't take it seriously. That's not relationships and marriages are not boring and they're not scary at all. I mean, it can be, but it's up to you to not let it go that far. You don't have to accept any of the negative stereotypes about the opposite sex, like men don't listen, all women are angry because they're on their periods, or men are out of touch, or women are not as horny as men, or all men are the same, or women talk too much. You know, all those stereotypes are not true. I mean, there is some truth to it that the majority of the certain people do it, but not everybody's the same. You got to get that out of your 
fucking head. Not everybody's the same. There is somebody that you're missing, somebody that you're brushing past because you're your stupid thinking i'm not trying to scare anybody away from the dating world i'm not because y'all just gonna keep doing it the trendy way i can't say hey stop using tinder but you can just do things a little bit better because you're gonna still keep stalking people you're gonna instagram stalk because that's the because now i don't know what this uh, the mystery is gone you can stalk them and know so much know where they've just been in the last week before you even go on your first date that's pretty up and scary because for crazy people all they have to do is pretend to like the same things you do oh yeah yeah i like camping oh yeah 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 i like dogs how do you go through this dating world today how do you have love how can you experience love in dating in 2020 i'm gonna share some steps that you can follow this is an oversimplification because it is more complicated than what i'm about to tell you but it's just something to get started something that will change the way you think the way you look after i finish you're gonna feel a little bit better than yourself even if it's not by much it's gonna be better than what you were yesterday the first thing you need to do is understand that love at first sight is bullshit it doesn't exist you're going to have a lot of failures you're gonna go through there are people out there who wants to take advantage of good people and if you are a good person or try to become a good person you're gonna have to swim through and you have to be realistic once you remove all of the unrealistic expectations out of your head it will be easier and don't fall for the perfect match result you know those dating certain dating apps would be like hey here's a perfect match don't fall for that take it slow because most people on those dating apps and social media they just want to that's the truth they just want to that's it because that's the norm and you have to respect yourself and respect your body and set your own personal rules on when you're gonna do it when not to do it and all that the second thing do not give out your personal contact information especially women and why i say that because for some reason i still don't know why guys do this i'm sure you women do not want to see pics because you accepted a snapchat request nobody wants to see pics come on and i don't know why guys do it guys you need to stop sending pics you think you you got a hot it looks ugly even a shape the lips off flapping around is ugly too feels nice but it's ugly nobody wants to see this so don't give out your personal contact information not yet and number three never meet up at your house either of your houses people are so trusting today just have a nice date somewhere else in public meeting up for coffee or drink is a lot safer than being freaked out of oh shit, this place looks like shit. or i'm in a bad part i'm in a bad neighborhood i don't know where i'm at took an uber what if the uber doesn't get here in time meet in public and then you're probably thinking yeah but what if we just want to we don't want to sit down and pf chang we don't want to meet for coffee we want to go right to fucking well this leads to the next one don't fuck right away that's it 98 percent of the people listening right now probably like dodge this guy i want to and you don't need to hear it turn it off i already told you i don't give a but when you right away you never met the person you just saw their pictures and they look good you know what happens all of that mystery all of the trying to get to know you all of that magic just goes you're just there's no magic in that moment when you're heated oh yeah it feels good i ain't gonna lie it feels good especially when the is good right women and men especially when that is good when she moves the right way when she sucks you the right way it can be good at that moment but as soon as it's done as soon as you come there's something empty there's no conversation really deep conversations it becomes very awkward you don't know what to say really and it's a game and you know what happens they go right to the phone that's what you do right to the phone and if you don't want to f the other person, nobody respects each other anymore, remember? You know what happens? They ghost each other afterward, which is pretty f***ed up. It's not like, hey, that was fun. It was a one-time deal, but see you later. Nope. Ghosts. That's it. How is that good? That's not good. And you're not going to like my suggestion. You're not going to like it, but you will feel better later on. You should have sex until you have had around 10 dates. <gasps> what? 10 dates? That's just too far trust me 
Sex is going to feel so much better when there is a real close connection. Sex is so much better when you and the person you're with are emotionally compatible instead of just because she has a nice ass or his smile is just too good. And here's the warning. After some failed dates, it may be bad on the first date, second date, third date. And after a couple of, like, if you're going through, especially like when you reach the third and more, you're going to be desperate and you're going to want to give in. Don't. Keep at it. Just wean out the holes. If you're a guy, wean out the, wean out the crazy. You could see it. You could feel it. One that doesn't appreciate who you are, who doesn't want to get to know you, just wait for them. They're there. They exist. Number five, no booty calls. You're not worth just to give somebody just an hour. That's it. Hey, I'm out of work and I uh, was thinking you and I. No, 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 no. No booty calls. Number six, no meeting friends and family until you have dated about two months. Why? Because if is embarrassing, that's why. When you are going through guys, if you're going through girls like Skittles, you don't want to do that. You don't want to deal with this. You don't want to deal with the conversation. Hey, what happened? No, 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 no. It's just, that's the real reason. Because within two months, you're going to be able to spot many red flags. That's it. Two months. It goes good. You get past all that. That's it. Not right away. Trust me, not right away. Number seven, do not go into an open relationship. I've seen a lot of desperate people be like, oh, okay, that, that's fine. But in reality, in their heart, they don't want it. Now, if you're all for it and you want to, and this excites you and that's what you really want, go for it. But for the person that doesn't know how to speak up, speak up. As much as fun as it sounds or don't fall into the pressure because a lot of people are putting that out there. It's like, hey, I don't want to be tied down, but I feel you. You feel me. Let's smash. Let's get the but I kind of want to fuck somebody else too. So, mm, no. Because as much fun as that sounds, still feels like cheating. Even though it's not cheating, because you agreed to it, still feels like it. And you're not the only one. That's not love. Number eight, when you're on a date, okay, if you actually do go out and it's not just your bedroom, like you're out wherever you're at, pay attention to how your date, he or she, is treating the bar staff or servers. Just pay attention to how they treat them. You can see what kind of person they are right away. That's how my wife gained interest in me. You could really tell by the, the way the people treat each other because I've been in line and saw people that just like, what the f is your problem? You know, like everybody's just like, what the f is this problem or this guy's problem? Like it's just mean people in the world and they have their problems and they like to take it out on people but that's a big red flag if you see that number nine make sure your date or the person that you're with takes care of themselves like they smell good they wear deodorant it doesn't matter as long as they don't smell like b.o oh goodness that's just gross i just thought just the other day where was i i said i'm like i'm in a, in a place where i'm like man i don't normally smell what the f is the smell there's something smell really bad and it was just B.O. I think it was Target. Yeah, it was Target just a little while ago. And it made me think about it. The B.O. Is, is like we were Target over here in the Irvine Spectrum. And we were by the uh, slushies, getting our kids slushies. And there was a guy who just smelled like B.O. I mean, it was so bad. I had to get out of there because when he left, it looked like I was the one that smelled like our family smelled like that. And we we're like, let's get the f out of here right now. Make sure they take care of themselves. Do they take care of their teeth? Take care of their skin? Do they shower? Do they wash their hair? Do they clean up real nice? Do they dress real nice? Do they look bummy? Just pay attention to that shit. Don't accept anything because you are worth more than what you think. You deserve to have somebody who want to, just like the Selena Gomez song. Good for you. Yep, that's what you want to do. That's what somebody should do for you. They should look good for you. And that's what I always tell my wife. When she looks at me and, I'm, and she's like, wow, look at you. You look very handsome today. You have that nice shirt. You ironed your shirt. It looks really nice. You smell really good. And I always tell her, I do it for you. Nobody else. Only for you. And when other women are out there and they say, oh, I love your cologne. You know, if I get close enough, I have a beard. I put some beard oil and the beard balm and, and, and they smell really, really good. And they smell this. And then they ask, oh, what, what are you? Oh, my goodness. It smells so good. I wish my boyfriend, I wish my husband smelled like that. And I'm like, I do it for my wife. I say it all the time. She deserves a husband that smells real good. 
Number 10 is very obvious. Make sure that they're not addicted to drugs and alcohol. You can tell that right away. They can't hide it at all. Alcoholics in the bar, if you're at a bar or something, they might do it little by little to make it seem like they're not drinking. And then their minds are like, oh, I'm only drinking a little bit. But then it's a shot here, a shot there. They might go out for a smoke find another little small liquor place and they get another little shot cheap ones and they can get smashed real like you could just tell and it's the same thing with drugs are they in the bathroom too long because they don't want you to it's just it's obvious stay away from that you don't want that problem they may look good you may want that you may want that ass but stay away it's just problems that you don't need that you don't deserve and one final one and like i said there's a lot more make sure that he or she wants to get to know you, not just want you in bed. They want to know you. They want to know what you like, what turns you on in a way of happy. Like what makes you happy? And it's simple. Your food, the perfect drink, something that will make you smile. And it can be silly. doesn't matter. If somebody appreciates you, they will go out of the way to make that happen. That's what you need. That's what you want. That's what will make dating exciting. That's how you find love. My wife and I have a deep connection. There's no bullshit. None. I don't bullshit her. She doesn't bullshit me. She knows me. Not because of, oh yeah, we've been together and not, you know, this pisses off. No, no, no. Not like that. She knows me. The love. And I think that even dating in 2020, with all of the ways to date, how technology is implemented and how different it is today than it was back then in dating, you still can have a relationship that you crave. You just have to get past all of the bullshit that I mentioned, every single bit of it. We're going to wrap it up at that and let's move on. I love music from all genres. I listen to whatever I'm in the mood for. I appreciate all music. There are amazing songs and songs in each genre sometimes i like the music that comes from someone's bedroom or car or basement or garage more than the uh ones done by the pros and on this podcast we're going to listen to all kinds of music a couple to a few songs per episode in that's going to be played in between segments and all of it is going to be performed and produced by independent artists and producers i want you listeners to learn to appreciate all music in one episode, you might hear country music or bluegrass. And the next song you might hear in the same episode, uh, might hear uh, hip hop or rock. So we're going to enjoy all kinds of music. Our first song that's going to be played here on Out of Place is Venom by Lainey. If you like this song and you want to check out her other songs, it's Lainey, L-A-I-N-I-E. Again, let's listen to Venom by Lainey. Enjoy.
Next song we're going to hear in this episode before the fun topic is Mamacita by Miklo. Enjoy. Yo. Lester. Miklo. Oye, mami. ¿Qué tú haces? Sí, sí. Ya tú sabes. Yeah, Mama Cedar, 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 Mama Cedar. Baby, she grinding and looking so fine. Me, I be grinding and smoking the fire. She looking, she find me and told me let's ride. We looking for somewhere to post and just vibe. G to G combos, we spoke with her eye. Sliding a DM, she won't hear reply. Grabbing my meat and she spoke to the mic. Grabbing the wheel and I swore to the side. Changing my views on the difference of life. I see the potential for me to just try. She says just business, no suit with no tie. Me, I be living, I'm much a surprise. Think that it's time to just sever some ties. The drinks that I order was straight with some minds. Never no chasing a bitch or a side. I'm focused on growth and you living a lie. Posting these posts and they thinking you paid. But really you making the minimum wage. Supposed to be lurking and see on your page. But really your money from opening legs. No, I'm not hitting, I'm staying the hobbies. People they seeing it's obvious. Yeah, they be talking it's obvious. Baby, I want you, it's obvious. Man, let me just tell you, bro, this, this something about these bad bitches, man. It's like you're supposed to stay away, but you fall back in. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's whatever, bro. Mama Cedar, 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 Mama Cedar. Here I be going and do it again I'm grabbing a chicken, she grabbing a friend Thinking we talking but fuck is the plan But really I'm thinking that I am the man But then I be thinking who else been the man Thinking I'm down and my thoughts in the spin Thought it's be sprouting, they crowd in the sand Thinking we cattle with me in they hand Say that she vegan but really she playing Say it's a game, don't know what we be playing Changing the pace like we running in sand in the face, now she changing the plan. Talking about she don't want come on the face. Thoughts to be changing, wants money display. Tell her to leave, now she wanting to stay. Smiling and teasing, she want me to slay. Then I be thinking like, nah, giving you money for why? Baby, you not getting nothing, cause bread only coming from doing a job. And me, I'm no client, cause bitch, I'm a boss. Yeah, you be dipping like chicken and sauce. Baby, you leaving, you just took a loss. Baby, you leaving, you just took a loss. Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar. Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar, Mama Cedar. Now it's time for the fun topic, which is love stories. I am going to tell you my love stories, the story about my three loves. Um, there were many crushes and times where it was obvious to try something, but. Because of my nerves and respect for women, I really made the first move. Uh, women had to really make it obvious to show that she was into me, which was a good thing because it led me to my wife and made me who I am today. So let's start with my first love, the high school sweetheart. I met her in my junior year of high school. We would pass each other and sometimes see each other when we were in the same circle of friends. During a field trip to uh, Hollywood Beach, Florida, we had to pick up trash throughout the beach. We ended up hanging out because once we saw each other, it was, you know, it was a familiar face. And her sister was with us. And we all hung out and laughed the whole time. I flirted with both of them. I had a sexual attraction toward her and an intellectual attraction towards her sister. I got the butterflies for both of them, but for different reasons. For me, it was a good day. A couple of days later, I asked my high school sweetheart out. But she turned me down because she said that her sister liked me and that she didn't want to hurt her sister's feelings. And I remember feeling because, you know, come on. Nobody likes to be rejected. I went home that day thinking, hey, you know what? Going out with his sister may not be a bad idea. I mean, we had a lot more things in common. We both enjoyed drawing and had many other interests that involved creativity. I mean, we both liked a lot of the same stuff. Um, a couple of days later, the high school sweetheart changed her mind. I don't know why. I don't know, but I assume maybe they got into some big argument or something. I didn't care. Thinking with my other head, we quickly became boyfriend and girlfriend. We did everything a high school couple would do in the early 2000s, like make out, walk around, hold hands, make out a little bit more, sometimes skipping class to make out some more. Uh, problems began late in our senior year. The closer we got to our graduation, the more problems we had. And I don't know what the f*** was going on. Uh, maybe it had to do with the fear beyond high school. I don't f- 
No. My plan was to follow a film directing dream in California. And she had planned to study massage therapy. So it wasn't like we couldn't do one and not the other. So I, I still don't know. You know, I don't know. I fell deeply in love with her. And maybe because it, it was because I lost my virginity to her. I already told her that I already lost my virginity in middle school to a girl named Christine because she already had lost hers to someone else. And I thought I would feel embarrassed if she knew the truth. Um, the third time we had sex, my dumb self decided not to use a condom. Something was wrong with it. Try putting it on and I think I put it on backwards. I was nervous. And uh, she just said, hey, you don't have to. And I, you know, I just my dumb self just went for it. And after we both kind of freaked out about the possibility of uh, her being pregnant, we decided to tell our parents, which was a mistake because nothing happened. Suddenly, her mother went crazy. I mean, psycho hide your knives, get a restraining order crazy. Okay. Her mother did everything she could to take my girlfriend away from me. Everything. She kept her from going out by taking her car away. She made her daughter go out with other guys. I mean, she would set up dates whenever she could so that she could get her daughter to cheat or something. I don't know what the f her thinking was. And we tried everything we could to avoid her as best as we could. And after graduation, my parents surprised me with the trip to Puerto Rico as a graduation gift so we could see family and hang out. Now, she was planning to go to Puerto Rico too, and she was going to go for a month, and I was only there for a week, but I didn't know when she was going. But my girlfriend knew when I was going. And the morning we arrived at the airport, guess who was in the check-in line going to Puerto Rico? Oh my goodness. If you could have seen her mother's face. It's still one of my favorite memories. With my imagination, I could have swore I saw flames coming out of this evil bipolar woman's eyes. I mean, we ended up on the same flight, which made it even funnier. And her mother swore up and down that uh, thinking that we all, all of us, my parents, everybody planned this against her. She even thought that her family back in Puerto Rico knew that this was going on. And she didn't believe that, you know, we didn't have a clue. Uh, but I think, it, it, you know, my high school sweetheart made all that happen. Like, I think she knew. I don't know. Uh, we didn't sit next to each other on the flight. Her sister was very like, nope. Once we landed, I walked up to her and we said our goodbyes. And little did I know that our goodbye kiss would be the last kiss shared between us. Once I got back home, I did not receive a call. I figured she was busy. I mean, it wasn't like today where you just pick up the phone or go on social media. No, it wasn't like that. You literally, you know, with our corded phones or cordless phones. And when most of the houses had line lines, that's what I was waiting for. And one day I got a phone threat when I was working at Wendy's. Uh, the phone calls were from other men insisting that uh, they were my girlfriend in Puerto Rico and that there was nothing I could do about it. Um, they would call me uh, for not holding on to her. And there were people who would order drinks like root beer. And most of the time it was root beer. And they would just pour it all over my car. And I had a white Lincoln uh, Continental. After most of my shifts, I would just see it poured. And one time there was a frosty. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. I really didn't. And sometimes I would see her mother in passing and she would just give me the cold shoulder. And one night I asked her how she was doing and she started yelling at me. And then she admitted that if I did not leave her daughter alone, she will continue to try and stop me. She said a couple of other crazy sh that had me putting the pieces together. And I figured out that this, you know, she was the one getting all those people to do those fucked up things. I gathered some courage and I asked her what the problem was. I asked her, why, why does she refuse to let her daughter be happy? And she said, I don't want her to be with you. She will never be happy. I will make her life miserable as long as she is with you. Oh, my goodness. That night, it was just, I don't know. My mom and her had it out. My mom saw, in listening to me, talking on the phone, she knew what was going on. She took the phone and she was just if it wasn't for the security guard at that lady's place, my mom probably would have went over there and f***ed her up. But days later, I finally got a call from the high school sweetheart. She was very excited to talk and explain how busy she was. And, you know, there, was not, there wasn't really an opportunity to call. And I tried to be excited. I really did. But I just kept thinking of what my, her mom was doing the whole time. And I just, 
it was just not in me to be excited. So I ended up, I shouldn't have done this. I should have waited till she come back. But remember, I was young and stupid. But I ended up breaking up with her over the phone. And hearing her cry broke my heart into a trillion pieces. I explained what her mother was doing and what she said. And her aunt came on the phone with a protective tone and told me that her sister, which is the high school sweetheart's mother, that she was crazy and I should ignore her. But her mom still was just in her head. And then the sister of the high school sweetheart, uh, she grabbed the phone and she kind of told me off too. And when the phone call ended, man, I cried most of the night. I did because I really, really wanted to be with her. But I just... I wanted her to be free and not be miserable because of problems between her mother and me. I then thought of a plan, which I now realize was dumb. Remember, I was young and stupid, young and stupid. I mean, I had a plan that I knew would guarantee a breakup, that she wouldn't want to continue the relationship. She would want to break it up. Um, I had a coworker leave a voice recording for me to make it seem like I cheated. And it worked. Like I said, it was a dumb, stupid idea. But it worked. I only saw my high school sweetheart one other time while I was shopping at Home Depot with my stepfather. But all I did was freeze. I didn't know what to say. As much as I wanted to apologize and try to win her back and try to explain everything, I just kept remembering her mother's threats. So I kept quiet. And that was the last time I saw her. After breaking up was the rebound. One of my aunts noticed how upset I was. Uh, after explaining what had happened, she introduced me to a young woman willing to do anything. I remember kissing her in the past and kept hearing rumors of how slutty she was. So I was all for it. So my aunt called her a slut and she convinced me I needed to have fun. So she gave me her number and we hooked up and uh, we had fun. But after a little bit, I grew tired of the routine. It was just a sex routine, and I was just getting tired of it. And as I attempted to break up with the rebound, my mother and sister pointed out that I was hurting that young woman by just wanting to sleep with her, that I wasn't seeing that this girl actually really liked me. You know, I'm there just one of and she wanted something more. So I started feeling guilty. I really did. The, you know, the, after them telling me that I should have not let her on, I did argue that it was not true, but it was definitely true. I just wanted to. F I decided to give it a try. And so it grew a little bit more serious. Um, But I did see her through a whole new light. You know, she was sweet, kind and passionate. But the more I was with her, the more she was not bringing the best. She wasn't bringing out the best in me. You know, I was more impatient more drawn to to drama i drank a lot more i smoked a lot more overall i was just more stressed just being in a relationship with her and one day she gave me an out i took it and never looked back and that was in the beginning of 2005 i decided to focus on my future after that and swore not to date until i got my shit together and that did not last long Around that time, I met someone uh, working at Johnny Rockets that was inside Wanadu City. Uh, Wanadu City is not open anymore. It was an indoor uh, amusement park. Wonderful idea. There was in the Sawgrass Mills Mall in Sunrise, Florida. Um, you probably look it up online and see more about it. With me and this girl, it was a lot of complicated reasons that we couldn't be together. It was obvious that we liked each other, uh, but she was with someone else. Um, we would hang out. There were times when I would sit in her car. I had the urge, the ultimate urge all the time just to kiss her lips. I started falling in love again. She was with someone else and I just, I didn't want to be the other guy. I didn't. I just, I wanted selfishly her all to myself. I did. I didn't want to share her. And what made it worse is that there were other guys that also liked her. And during March, the Dade County Fair opened and she, a co-worker, which is a guy, another, that guy, other guy that also liked her, another co-worker who she was with at that time, and I decided to go to the fair. I thought that it might be the perfect time to win her heart, to steal her away from the other asshole. But I also invited another woman who was new and just started working there. We all got along working there at Johnny Rockets. We were all friends. Uh, some of us are still friends. Uh, we got really close. So that woman decided to come with us. Uh, she was supposed to go with another friend, and her friend backed out, and she tried to back out of the, you know, because she didn't know any of us, but she just 
too good of a heart and too kind to get out of it. Every excuse she had, I had an answer. She just couldn't get out of it. So her brother convinced her to go. So she went. When we were at the fair, I remember watching that woman that I liked was hugging and kissing that other dude. And I remember just seeing it and seeing how lovey-dovey they were. And I was just, in the beginning of the the, the night, I, I was sad. That's when I decided to move on. Standing in line in the first ride, trying not to let the tears roll down my cheeks um, because of having to let her go. So the rest of the night, I focused on spending time with the new co-worker and having fun at the fair because the other dude that was by himself, he wasn't with anybody, he was too busy being the third party to the woman I liked. So he was playing game. I don't know what the hell they're doing. So it was just me and a new co-worker and it was cute. And funny because we would ride rides and since we didn't know each other, she tried her best not to. There's certain rides that just forces you to, you know, it goes around pretty fast and it causes, you know, one side to cram the other side. And she did her best not to be on top of me or anything like that. So it was a little bit awkward at first. But the more rides we rode together, the closer and more comfortable we got with each other. At the end of the night, I felt the urge to have a frozen lemonade, but I didn't have enough money. And she was like, let's go get it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And she goes, come on, please. Can I get this, please? And I said, you know what? Fine. So she's like, I don't know where it's at. And I knew where it was. So I said, let's go. And something told me to grab her hand. I held her hand. And I was in my mind. I was like, oh, you know, she's not like that. She's a very goody good. And she's going to let go of my hand really quick. Like, what the hell are you doing? But she didn't. She didn't let go. She just held on. The whole walk, you know, from the back of the fair to the to the front, and she didn't let go. And we got to the frozen lemonade, and I didn't talk about that. No, he didn't mention it. We just just let it be. And we spent the rest of the night laughing and enjoying each other's company and forgetting about the rest of the group. And eventually, we did meet up with them. But I remember feeling that, you know, in the beginning, I had feelings for this other girl, and by the end of the night, I did not care. It was. It felt like she wasn't there. And I know that sounds harsh, but I remember we were waiting. You know, we were uh, called each other on the phone or text, whatever it was, to meet at the front to leave, you know, because um, I was somebody else's ride that um, the guy that was by himself and I needed to drop him off. So uh, we were waiting for them. But I remember we just continued laughing, swapping stories. And I did not want that night to end. I didn't. So. We did drop off that coworker off and it was just me and that new girl. After dropping off the other dude, I drove the local route just to have a few more minutes to talk to this amazing woman. And she knew what I was doing and we were just talking. It was just amazing. And a week and a half later, Monadu City fired me. And one day in another podcast, I will tell you why I got fired because it's really, really funny how it happened. But if you purchase my marriage book on May 10th, you can read it sooner. The book will be available for pre-order soon. Anyways, after Wanazoo City fired me, the new co-worker and I still kept in contact. And after a few months later, in August 2005, we started dating. And from 2005 to 2007, we had many ups and downs, just like any young couple would have. Uh, we had family issues, friend issues, work issues, and school issues. It was a couple of years of roller coaster of emotions. In the summer of 2007, I had moved back in with my parents. It was just too expensive to live on my own and in a decent place in South Florida. A couple of months later, my stepfather accepted a job in Georgia. And they told me that they would be happy if I tagged along, but they would understand it if I wanted to stay in South Florida because of my girlfriend. And I asked if she could come too, and they said only if we were married. And my mom gave me her engagement ring. A couple of days later, I proposed, and she said yes. But a few days later, she changed her mind. Apparently, her father and best friend convinced her that it was a horrible idea and that I wasn't the right one, that I was holding her back and all that bullshit. I wanted to break up after she gave me the ring back, uh, but she convinced me to go ahead and try the long distance uh, relation thing. I didn't want to do it. You know, I was like, nope, long distance relationships never work. But she would tell me some stories that she had heard from her older friends and that they do work if you are loyal and have the determination. And I decided to move with my parents to Buford, Georgia. I work with my dad in Atlanta. And I was saving up to go to school. 
my girlfriend and I had many more arguments than we've ever did before. I think it was still, you know, I was really still frustrated that here I am in Georgia and she's all the way in South Florida. It's just too far. It was, it was too far. And I would talk to her every day. Atlanta traffic was horrible, you know, just like LA and New York and DC, which I've driven all of them. And Atlanta was just as bad. And we would talk every day after work Um, and the weekends we'd talk every day, but, and she did come to visit every three to four months, but I really hated the distance thing. I really hated it. I even tried breaking up so many times and I even tried to go on other dates, uh, but never could go through with it. I just, the guilt, I, I just couldn't go through with it and I couldn't break up. But in 2008, we had one big argument and it just had me, that was the last straw for me. And I was like, no more. That's it. I don't have to do it. I hung up and I ignored all of the calls. I, I was close to changing my number so she doesn't have to call me anymore. But after a couple of weeks, my mother called me to the kitchen and she told me that my girlfriend had called her. And my eyes went wide. I was like, what the f*** did she wanted with my mom? Like, why the hell did she call her? But my mom told me that my girlfriend wanted to apologize to her. Apologize? And she said that she wanted to apologize for hurting her son. And said a whole bunch of stuff that my mom was like, you gotta call her. And I forgave her so fast. I called her right away after that. And after calling her, she said that most of her anger came from her listening to her friends and family, that they all had advised her not to be with me, but nobody was there for her afterwards. Everyone else did their own thing and left her alone. And as time kept passing by... You know, as they told her, hey, you know, try to do the distance thing. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be and all that things, you know, the cliche things. And as time kept passing, she said that she realized how much she really did love me. And because of a fallout between her father and I, we got married in Georgia March of 2008 without him knowing. And she joined the Coast Guard in April 2008. After she was done with boot camp, my stepdad and I went to see her graduation and it was in uh, New Jersey. And when we were waiting there to get into the base, I asked my dad for advice on marriage and how to deal with the father-in-law who doesn't like me. He said that I have a big responsibility to be the best husband that I could be. He said that I need to work really hard to make sure I can take care of my wife, not financially, but emotionally. He said that if I did the best that I can do, her father will see that his daughter is in great hands. And I did just that. He said that it may take months, years for my father-in-law to and I to be on better terms. There's going to be rocky roads. He, you know, he gave me all so much advice on how to be the best husband that I could be. I did the best that I could do. And yes, we had a young married couple problems just like everybody else. But I proved to my father-in-law that I can take care of his daughter. And now, after dealing with all that bullshit, problems that you can read in my marriage book on May 10th. The relationship with my father-in-law is absolutely amazing. And my wife and I have that unbelievable marriage that many people wish they had. We have that love that you see in the movies and it wasn't easy. Things were bad all the way, even up to uh, our second child. But when you do read the book or you wait until I uncover certain touchy topics, you understand and learn how my marriage became great, how we cut out all the bullshit. And now it's just magical. My favorite thing about our love today is that every day we wake up and not worry about what was said in the past, what was said yesterday. We just wake up and it's a new day and we try our best to make each other happy, to make each other smile, to try our best to give each other the world. And you don't need money. I mean, it's nice to do have money to Go big if you can. But man, my, one of my favorite things is when we listen to other couples' problems and or she has friends and they tell her, oh, my, you know, her husband doesn't do this or doesn't do that. And, you know, sometimes she'll come home and she'll just hug me so tight and kiss me passionately. And she'll look into my eyes. She'll say, I am so thankful for you. She would tell me what had happened or a story that her friend had told her. And she's like, you know, when they ask her, you know, what does your husband do? She tells him what I do and what we do for each other. And I tell you, you know, I wish I could tell my young self all the stuff that I know now, because like I said before, it wasn't from 2008. I mean, I, if I were being truthful, I would say 
it took around 2014, 2015. Actually, it took 2015 for us to realize that we are not each other's enemies, that we can be great. Sometimes we slip up and sometimes, you know, because you're human. And I tell her all the time, it's okay, you're going to snap at me, and I'm sorry, but I get really defensive, and I'm going to snap back. But after taking a step back, I do realize that most of the time, if work pissed her off, or somebody pissed her off, I know and understand that there is nobody else that she can yell at. She can't argue with her co-worker. She can't yell at her boss. She can't yell at her dad. She can't argue with her kids in a way of like taking it out on them. She can't yell at her brother. So who is left for her to, you know, release all those things? And most of the time it has to be the husband. It has to be the wife to take it. And sometimes I do take it. But when we learn to cut the bullshit and we respect each other, man, it doesn't feel like she's just pounding it on me. It's just I give her opportunities to vent to me and support her and just be there for her. And it's amazing from 2015 to now, hoping that it could keep going all the way till we're old, wrinkly and falling apart. I'm excited. The best part about it is that my kids see this. All three of them see this. And you know what they do? They see it and they become lovey-dovey too. We are teaching them how to love. Anyways, thank you for listening. If anything I said in this episode offended you in any way, I don't give a damn and a half. Cry in the comments, cry on social media, cry to your mommy, daddy, or anybody that will listen to your crap. Uh, just know and understand, no one cares. To my listeners who made it to the end, I love you and I appreciate you. Goodbye, and always remember to smile. <laughs>